and my whole mission now is to help other businesses avoid a lot of those mistakes. And so when you're talking about all of the things we do, they're all pieces to a grander uh, strategy that's really focused on profit and making sure that people are looking at their business to work for them, not them work for their company. Because from experience, I know that that's no way to go. It's no way to spend your life. You only get one life. And you should be you should be enjoying it with your family. You should be enjoying it traveling in a whole nine yards. Here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. And we're back again for another go-round of podcasting your global career. And I am just delighted to have this guest today. But before we get too deep in, I'd like you to consider after listening to this show to please forward it to a friend because I can tell you the valuable information that my guest is going to provide today is going to be a home run for you guys. Um, He wrote a book called The Rule of 26 where he can double any business's website revenue. His sole mission is to help entrepreneurs avoid the time drain and frustration of managing profitable digital marketing campaigns and reduce the prevalence of entrepreneurial poverty in the U.S. We know and love him as Buzz, B-U-Z-Z. It's Michael Bazinski. You better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today from the Music City all the way to Springfield, Illinois, to hang out with Michael Buzz Bazinski. Michael Bazinski is my guest today on Podcasting Your Global Career, otherwise known as Buzz, famously known. And, uh, Man, I'm going through your website and, um, you know, I had looked at it before, but truth be told, I never really dug into it. And I think I looked at that thing and I said, you know, I I think I need every single thing that you offer. It's like (laughs) my my stuff is such a mess. It's like crazy. But uh, but yeah, you've built quite an amazing uh, brand and uh, you are an ex-airman. Thank you so much for your service uh, to our Air Force. And a second or third generation, right? Third generation Air Corps, yeah. Wow. Grandfather wow. was in World War II. Both my parents were in the Vietnam War. And then I served for 10 years between, well, there was a couple of wars there. There was a bunch of wars between 96 and 2005. There's lots of little wars. Wow. Unbelievable. And um, tell me about your service there. What did you see and what what did what kind of impressions were you left with um, from the experience? So I flew AWACS. I was an air, airborne warning control system is the AWACS it stands for. It's a 707 with what is called a radome on the top, which is yeah. one side. It's a Doppler radar and the other side is what's called IFF or identification friendly foe. So so we paint the sky picture for our controllers that are on board and basically control the sky. So it's like an airborne air traffic and control tower. And um, so we are pretty much the first ones in any theater uh, when it comes to air support. uh, And the last ones to leave. Because if you don't understand what's in the air, you don't know how to defend it or control it. So 
Um, that was where, where we did. Um, it's one of the few planes that has absolutely zero self-defense mechanisms, except for all of the air power around us. So we control everything and we have the ability to put things between us and the foe and all that good stuff. So, um, but nice that the nice thing was, is that we we're never, you know, in the battle cause we have to be away from it a little bit so that we can look outside in it's really hard to control things when you're in the middle of it <laughs> so so uh very rarely were we like in the line of fire type of thing the, the probably the most dangerous thing was the aircraft we were on but uh it was an it's an old 1970s uh air, aircraft overloaded and and underpowered so, so when, um, you said, guess, when, when you said you could put things between you guys in danger that means you call in F-16s and for support because mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're looking so far into um, areas that could be problematic that you probably have enough time to get somebody scrambled up there to support you guys, right? Yeah. So for for the stuff I can talk about, um, like Northern Watch and Southern Watch is uh, two operations that basically uh, protected um, the Middle East from Iraq, right? Right. And so he had a Northern... Uh, a latitude and a southern latitude. We couldn't put things past either of those. So we had a corridor where we could put all those toys, right? So if he decided to launch a jet and went over one of those, yes, we would scramble fighters to grab them. And the, uh, and uh, if he ever put toys where they wasn't supposed to, then we would be the ones controlling aircraft to put them on target, and they would blow up the toys. Yeah. <laughs> so that and that happened. That that lasted decades actually yeah so um so that that's that's kind of a a peak in there um and then south america i flew counter drug operations so we would actually take a look uh utilizing maritime radar and watch for slow low flying uh aircraft that weren't supposed to be there uh, usually smuggling drugs or boats on on the surface and finding folks that are not where they're supposed to be traveling speeds that you know are suspicious and all that good stuff so um identify those and utilize the local uh government uh assets to intercept anything suspicious and stuff like that so we had a lot of different ways that we served uh both you know the united states interest and you know world interest right you know you being um being a musician and having a recording studio and all the things that, you know, I've come to learn about you, that must have been like just off the wall being surrounded by that technology. I mean, I, I can't even imagine the things you saw that like people, we have no idea here, you know, in, uh, in mainland America, what goes on, you know, up in the skies like that. So I remember when that plane came out, you know, and I said, wow, that thing is just, just unbelievable. Right. What it can do. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's amazing. It's funny because it's the technology on it when I was flying was mid, early to mid eighties technology with a lot of seventies technology um, to keep it air worthy um, and not susceptible to a lot of things like EMP and whatnot um it's all hardened so we were using bubble memory cpus and just old uh computing technology nowadays they have things on there like windows uh driven displays um at the height of my career they we could process seven colors on the displays which was a big deal right <laughs> which was it was enough to win a few wars so yeah right you know it was okay but now yeah. they have full color uh 
uh, screens, window interfaces, and all that good stuff. So um, yeah. if you're ever curious about uh, seeing the inside of an AWACS, just keep an eye out for military air shows because AWACS oh, yeah. will be the one with the longest line and they shuffle you through and you can see all of the things. I sat in the seat that is pretty much on its own. It uh, was surrounded by computer uh, cabinets uh, and in the interface. So I ran computer interface, display, and passive detection systems. So I had uh, a few different systems that I was responsible for. And then I was also in a firefighter on board. So if there was ever a fire on the airplane while we were in air, I was one of four people who were called to go put it out. So I've crawled into what was called the lower lobe, which is the the floor or the compartment below the main deck floor of any plane uh, for a commercial. It's where you put all your luggage. Yeah. Well, we put all of the uh, big equipment under there. And so, so every once in a while you get a, a uh, electrical fire. And so you would have to go down into this bloom of smoke uh, with a big uh, firefighter's mask and oxygen tank in one hand and a, an extinguisher in the other one and go figure out what's going on. <laughs> Those wow. were pretty hairy, hairy times for sure. I'll tell you, you got, you got enough for a book, a couple albums, a <laughs> movie, you know, in your, in your past there. Let's talk about your business now because, uh, You've really uh, come, uh, I'm, th I'm thinking, a long way in, in a short time, but it's probably, I know it was a, a lot of work to get to where you are right now. Um, how did you get into the space that you're in right now where you can take companies and really elevate their presence by going in the SEO, um, taking care of websites, doing all of the things that are uh, integral to having a successful business? Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, I actually stumbled into what I do now by accident, um, which a lot of entrepreneurs end up doing. Right. Um, when which I got means out of you're in the right space. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I so I got out of the Air Force in 2005. I had just gone through a divorce um, and I had and I was in Alaska. Didn't really have anywhere in the lower 48 that I was really itching to go to. I grew up in California and there wasn't really any. And I joined the service time kind of get out of California. So. I didn't really have anywhere else I wanted to be. So I decided, excuse me, that I would go to, to go into business for myself because I was kind of unemployable. Um, I didn't get my degree while I was in, which was what I was supposed to do uh, in the first four years I was in. And I didn't do in the, in the first 10 years. I didn't get the degree that I was supposed to get. And, uh, and so there wasn't really anything I wanted to do except music. Um, I had spent 15 years after my early jazz career um, in rock and roll and trying to become a music, uh, a professional rock and roll musician. And so I didn't do that. But one of my friends is like, you know, you might not become a rock star, but I think you could help a lot of people in their journeys as well yeah. as first being a working musician and whatnot. And, um, he was reflecting on some of the experiences I had in recording studios where, you know, guys like me who would rent out studio time and not really get a good product out of it because we didn't know what to expect. And so I originally actually started BuzzBiz Studios as a recording studio. And um, it was a learning studio. Like I literally would not record people who weren't ready to be recorded. I would send people home with metronomes, you know, drummers with metronomes because they didn't know how to, to listen to a metronome and play to that beat. And I taught them, you know, the process of getting ready for 
uh, the studio. So that way, when they got in there, they had something they could be proud of. And, you know, it's, musicians don't have a lot of money. So what they spend um, has to mean something and it has to be something they can proud of. But within a year of working with uh, musicians, I realized that working for starving musicians was not a very lucrative business plan. Yeah. So I pivoted into media production and I went with the second poorest of us all, which are small micro business, uh, micro businesses, solopreneurs, stuff like that. And in media production and started helping them with what the materials they needed for their marketing. And over the years, people came to realize that I had an acumen for marketing because I had a background in sales and marketing before the Air Force. And uh, so they started asking me for my my opinion and my opinion turned into a very lucrative uh, source of income. And over the years, it turned into a multi-million dollar creative agency. Um, but unfortunately, I'd grown my business broke in meaning that I was pulling in millions of dollars in revenue through my company, but I was keeping less than six figures a year. Um, and that's what we call entrepreneur poverty. And yeah. um, I was tired of it. I was tired. I worked for uh, 12, 15 years or 12, 13 years. And I had built everything I, th I wanted to build up to that point, but I wasn't enjoying the life that and have the freedoms that I felt I, sh I deserved for the amount of work I did. So I actually shut everything down at the end of 2018 and, and started what is now called buzzworthy integrated marketing. And my whole point in that, um, and, and my whole mission now is to help other businesses avoid a lot of those mistakes. And so when you're talking about all of the things we do, they're all pieces to a grander uh, strategy that's really focused on profit and making sure that people are looking at their business to work for them, not them work for their company. Because from experience, I know that that's no way to go. It's no way to spend your life. You only get one life. And you should be you should be enjoying it with your family. You should be enjoying it traveling in a whole nine yards. And so for the last five years, I reinvented how I did business. I reinvented how I serve my clients so that they get better results. And, uh, and just utilizing 30 years of experience to leverage all of the new tools we get every single day and helping people navigate the complexities of digital marketing. Hey, digital creators, check out the book, Rule of 26 by Michael Buzz Bazinski. It'll do wonders for you and your business. Now let's get back to the interview with Buzz. And I want to congratulate you on your new book release, Rule of 26. Uh, I find the concept absolutely amazing. And, you know, it's on my get to to read for sure. Um, and and it, I want to read it right before I hire you. And it might be a while, but uh, it's it's really just such a great concept. Why don't you share um, what that is and how you came up with this idea of the Rule of 26? Sure. So the Rule of 26 came about uh, right before or right as a pandemic was hitting. And so for a while, we were really just dealing with companies that were already established and helping them transition from the growth stage to the scale stage. And I uh, specialize in service-based businesses. And that is expensive. Uh, when you start talking about what it takes to, to scale a service-based business. And so when the pandemic hit and I saw all these businesses being pushed out of business, basically their doors were being closed and they were told they can't do what it takes to put food on their table. I knew I needed to help because in those times, that's where marketing is the most important. And unfortunately, it's where most businesses will start cutting their costs 
because they don't see or haven't been able to see the return on investment that their marketing is giving them. So I needed to figure out a way to teach people how to simplify their website marketing so that they can transition from this physical world into the digital world and easily navigate it. And so the Rule 26 states that, uh, basically not states, but the Rule 26 boils down the strategy of website marketing to three objectives. Um, and if you increase each of these, uh, if you meet each of these objectives, you will increase your website revenue by 100%. And it's a compounding effect. So real quick, that the Rule 26 states that if you increase your unique traffic by 26%, your conversion rate of that website by 26%, meaning how many people are actually buying from you, and the average revenue of those clients by 26%, you'll get a compounded output of 100% more revenue. And then the book is basically showing tactics on how to increase each one of those by 26%. Awesome. Awesome. I, I love it. First time I heard it, I said, this, this is very, very cool. Tell me about um, you in your personal, personal life. What do you like to do to chill out when you're not working like uh, 96 hours a week. <laughs> well, I love to work. <laughs> that's one of the things I, I like. That's, that's pretty <laughs> obvious. I mean, you know, the fact that, you know, Buzz and I are, are both in the uh, Pantheon.fm ecosystem, which is just a fabulous place um, to be for podcasters who really are the, um, you know, the one percenters, we call that. And the conversations are always magnificent. And the learning is, is incredible because there's such a... Um, a, a complexity of different interests in there. You know, nobody's really, I mean, you have a few people that do the same thing, but everybody's business is a little bit different, you know, and there's so much um, juice in that group that oh. I come away like every time saying, wow, I didn't, can't believe what I learned today. Um, so when you're not um, consumed, uh, <laughs> what do you like to do to get away to just chill out and take a break? So I still play the guitar. I have right. a collection of about, seven or eight guitars. Uh, my wife just got me a uh, lap steel guitar. Oh, uh, nice. Dobro. So that's, I'm learning how to play slide guitar. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, and then my wife and I love to travel. Um, that's one of the things that we want um, to do more than anything else. Um, so uh, for her 40th birthday, a couple of years ago, I took her to Peru because she wanted to see Machu Picchu. And so we spent three weeks in Peru and we love food and we love to cook. We just redid our kitchen. So now we actually have a cooking kitchen, which is nice. We live in an old 1946 uh, house. As you can see in the, my background here, we got uh, the uh, cedar, not cedar, is it cedar? Yeah, cedar uh, walls here. Um, you know, just we just like the old stuff. My, my, my wife's in uh, the museum world and education, and she deals with archives and whatnot. And so we like to do a lot of museums. Um, I like old architecture. I know nothing about architecture. I just like looking at it. Yeah. Um, so we always find ourselves in the, in old churches and uh, just walking. We were in Vancouver and I just was sitting there looking at all the new construction, uh, the high rises that they, you know, they're not like in the United States, there's the propensity of the cheapest way to get a building as tall as you can, where in uh, Canada, they had just really gorgeous uh, building structures that were like one was an apartment building that started really skinny in the bottom and went all the way to really fat at the top. And it actually um, somehow structurally is more sound during earthquakes uh, than the other way around. So I was pretty, so I always like learning about it. I don't know anything about it, but uh, we love to travel, food, music, and 
uh, and then I love to uh, bike, uh, mountain biking, and then I also have a motorcycle. Awesome, man! You got a full you got a full life uh, after the work thing, which is good. Some people don't know how to do that. Um, as far as the uh, the architecture, yeah, I I feel like uh, Europe is. Like, you know, they're hundreds wow. and hundreds and hundreds of years old. And these, these grand places are still, you know, just so magnificent the way they put it in. And, and you're right, the States, it's almost a, a crime the way, you know, put up a box with a tin roof and you're done, you know, start right. charging rent for it. Right. Um, Vancouver Island, I actually went there sea kayaking uh, with the whales. I did like uh, five nice. days out. I took my son and we went uh, with a group. We were the only Americans. We were all Canadians. And uh Boy, they uh, they know how to take vacation. The Canadians. So oh, I, definitely. I or you're bilingual. Speak English and Canadian. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that was a trip. But yeah, what a beautiful island, though. All the oh, it's gorgeous. Now, don't think about real estate there because it is ridiculous. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. It's good. Little shacks for like one point two million dollars on the island. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Um, so what are the grand plans for, um, for your next business venture? Is it, is it more of what you're doing or do you have anything else? I mean, the book just came out, so you got, you have, you have a lot of milestones behind you now. Um, any plans for going through 23 that you would like to announce or anything special you'd like to uh, share with people that they could take advantage of right now? So we've got a lot of, uh, great feedback from the rule of 26. I say we, I said, I should say I, um, but the team gets to hear it. So I, I always like that. And so the thing is, is that learning a concept like the rule of 26 is easy. Reading about it, pretty darn easy, but implementing it can become a challenge if you're not a marketer or don't have a marketing team behind you. Um, and I don't want that. The whole point of the book was to help people get uh, to the next level. All right. And so we're now, uh, creating a mastermind, the rule of 26 mastermind, and we're going to have a two and a half day intensive, uh, in person, uh, most likely in St. Louis. We haven't made the, the, the official announcement, but that's where we're looking in St. Louis. It's a few hours from where I live in uh, Springfield, Illinois. Um, we're going to be basically breaking down um, the rule of 26 and marrying it with some of the proven uh, digital marketing and uh, traditional integrated marketing strategies that I've used and that have been used for thousands of businesses across the country to successfully grow and scale businesses. We're also going to be marrying some of the other aspects of business, money, operations, and sales to go along with it because marketing in a vacuum just create is a magnet that attracts a bunch of stuff. But if you don't have your money right, your operations in line and your sales uh, to support it, all of that is for nothing. And so we wanted to have a holistic uh, approach to how to implement the rule of 26, especially for businesses that are approaching or maybe they're have failed to get to the seven figure mark and would like to aggressively pursue the multi seven figure uh, mark in their business. Nice. Um, and the site is buzzworthy.biz, correct? And it's just that's for the, that's for our marketing services, uh, for the mastermind, you're going to want to stay tuned at rule of two six.com. It's also where you can get the book. Great. We'll put both of those, of course, in the show notes, Buzz. Hey, last uh, minute shout out. Anything you could share 
for our listeners that would um, say that somebody who who is um, approaching that they're not quite there yet to the figures you're talking about, but they seem to be on their way. Any kind of advice, any kind of wisdom you would uh, give as a parting shot to help people stay motivated and inspired towards getting towards that goal? I think that understanding the the goals that you actually have. Like there's so many people in business that are like, hey, I want to have a multi-million dollar business. And it's like, okay, how many multi-million, right? Or they say they want a seven-figure business. Why? What does a million dollars do that $500,000 in revenue doesn't do for you? And I think that growing for growth sake is one of the biggest mistakes I ever made in business. Um, and I grew my business broke. And it about broke me um, until I broke it. And that was a a big lesson that took 13 years to learn. So if you want a shortcut in business, be very clear on what your vision and your mission are. What makes you passionate? Why are you there? If you can only say to make money, you really should take a look at what you're doing because the money should be the icing on the cake and what you actually produce for people or deliver for people should be what actually makes you happy. So that way you're building a business that works for you and you not stuck just owning another job. Amen. Great, great wisdom there. Uh, I can relate to uh, a lot of that myself, uh, being a, a serial silo creator. <laughs> you, you speak to me, bro brother. <laughs> uh, the the struggle's real. We're not we're not alone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Buzz, this was awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of podcasting your global career. And um, I will be seeing you in the Pantheon for sure, brother. Thanks so much. All right. God bless. Hey, if you guys like what's going on here, please leave a great review in the Apple Podcasts. I've left a simple review process in the show notes and we'd really appreciate it. And also, don't be shy. Forward this to your best friend because you know they need it. Hey, if you need some coaching, hit up the link in the show notes. It's Calendly.com forward slash Dharmic, and you can take a little chance with me, and I'll get you on your way. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery. If wishes were windows, I'd open one and find That freedom is really a simple state of mind So ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery